When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? We have got plenty to say about those undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in the course of this show. Unbelievable at 8-0. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. But we continue to ask the question, when will it end with Kyrie Irving? Canty, what's up, brother? Nothing much. I mean, the Eagles off to the best start in franchise history. They've never been 8-0, and Carlin. So, I got to say, I've got more conviction in my belief in the Philadelphia Eagles than anybody in the Brooklyn Nets organization has about Kyrie Irving and getting this thing resolved. Or maybe in anybody in the Brooklyn Nets organization that we would have faith in right now, considering how this has been handled from top <laughs> to bottom. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and our telephone number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is your Dr. Pepper call-in line. So Kyrie finally apologized last night after the Nets announced that he was suspended for no less than five games, which, as we were talking about just a few minutes ago, feels like really no more than five games. But, Canty, um, this morning... uh, They come out, they speak about the situation. Sean Marks spoke up. Take a listen to what the Nets GM had to say about Kyrie's actual uh, apology last night that finally said the words, I'm sorry, and I apologize uh, on Instagram very late last night. You know, there is going to be some remedial steps and measures that have been put in place for him to obviously seek some counseling, you know, designated by the team from from uh, dealing with some anti-hate and some Jewish leaders uh, within our community. You know, he's going to have to sit down with them. He's going to have to sit down with the organization after this. And and uh, we'll evaluate and, uh, and see if this is this is the right opportunity to bring him back. Was there any uh, consideration of waiving him, releasing him? No. Not at this particular time. Canty, listen. We could say whatever we want at this point. Kyrie, last night, his apology rings hollow. It's late, and it comes after there was finally some discipline handed out to him. He had several other opportunities to come out and speak and do the right thing, and he never did because he didn't want to apologize. And frankly, until I actually see him do it on a video or at least see him speak into a microphone and say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to believe in anything that Kyrie Irving says right now. Well, I'll start here, Carlin. First of all, he's not sorry. He put the apology out there to appease the organization because the owner and the GM are begging him to take steps to show some form of contrition. And I think folks are just going to have to get past the fact that Kyrie is not going to be apologetic, or at least not in the way you want him to, about his views on this particular issue. And if it comes off as anti-Semitic or offensive to some groups, then that's just how it's going to land. I think the most important thing that Kyrie cares about is being able to play basketball. 
And last night, the post on his social media was just him taking steps toward being able to do that again. But as far as him expressing contrition or remorse for what he did and, and propagating those offensive materials, that that's not going to be there. That's not going to exist. So I, I think right now the entire organization is, is pretty much trying to plot out a path where Kyrie can rejoin the team because – what Sean Marks did say, and this is the part that kind of flies under the radar from his actions yesterday, he never considered waving Kyrie Irving. And so if you never consider it, if it's at least not an option, then if you're Kyrie Irving, why would you be afraid to do anything, say anything, as a member of the Brooklyn Nets organization? Let's think about this, Carlin, for a second. Let's take a step back and think about this. Two years ago, this guy ghosted the team and his teammates. Nobody knew where he was for weeks. He was spotted at a birthday party for his sister and his dad. He showed up on a Zoom for one of the political candidates in the tri-state area. Last year, he missed two-thirds of the season with COVID. And he had some, some outspoken views on that. And now this year, we're talking about another issue with Kyrie Irving. The Brooklyn Nets still haven't cut bait with him. Even after an offseason where Sean Marks seemingly laid down the gauntlet and said that all of the players on this team, including Kyrie Irving, have to buy into a team-first agenda. Clearly, Kyrie Irving has fallen short of that mark early on in this season. But Sean Marks said, I never once considered waving him. Carlin, there's a problem with that. And yeah. that's why I don't believe that this Kyrie Irving saga is going to go away. I don't think it's going to get better as long as he's a member of this team. I think that the Nets have handled this situation with a lack of courage. <laughs> I think that's the best way I can put it. Uh, Kyrie, for his part, it's always something. How many times does somebody have to show you who they are before you choose to believe them? Well, apparently it is until his skills on the basketball court erode enough that it would be worth it. Because let, let's call it what it is. I mean, this is obvious. If it wasn't somebody of his incredible skill level, he wouldn't be on the team anymore after everything that he's pulled. He would have been gone before this even happened. Yeah, but that's true of all athletes, though, Carlin, yep, right? Absolutely. It's a sliding scale. Jimmy Johnson, former coach yep. of the Dallas Cowboys, said, I'll treat everybody fairly, but I'm not going to treat everybody equally. If you, can true, play, Chris, you're but... gonna, if you can play, you're going to get more leash than guys that are fringe, fringe athletes. So, but Kyrie uh, just... hasn't played even enough. He hasn't showed up to play even enough. But it's and, the and, potential of it, though, Carlin. And that's the part that the Brooklyn Nets continue to hold on to. Well, they continue to, to the fool themselves into that. the of what this can be. Well, think about everything that they've given up. They've ceded control of the organization four years ago to Kai and KD and essentially gutted their roster in order to bring over James Harden, mortgage future draft picks in order to make that move happen. So, so they're all in on these two guys being the centerpieces of a championship contender. And this is an organization that's fearful of going back to being in basketball Siberia, essentially irrelevant because they don't have any star players and they can't do high-level winning. Well, now, Carlin, to that I will say, you haven't done high-level winning with both of these guys on the team. You've won one playoff series since those guys got here. So you have to weigh the reality of it versus the headache that you're getting from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and it just doesn't where, feel Chris, like that's it's worth how it. How does the scale continue to weigh in favor of Kyrie Irving playing? How does that continue to happen if we're going to weigh the reality of the situation? Is that, Chris, it's going to be something else. 
in another month, another week. Something else is going to happen. I I don't know why we wouldn't possibly believe that. And and I have to tell you, Sean Marks, the way he has handled this just, just comes off as lacking any conviction toward this situation. I mean, look at what it took for them to actually suspend him in this. They gave him the chance, not once, but twice, to simply say, I'm sorry. They put him out there yesterday, either not knowing what he was going to say or not on the same page with what he was going to say. And they may have put him out there on his own to to let him kind of just dangle himself, so to speak, Chris. But I think more than anything, they have now just continued to drag out a, a situation that they didn't need to. I don't think in any way... They're protecting him anymore. There was a period where that was happening, but they're also not doing themselves any favors. They're not doing the league any favors. And in the long run, they're truly not doing Kyrie any favors by just making him believe he can do whatever he wants. I I, want to hear from Wendy on this. Brian Windhorse was on with Greeny this morning. Uh, He, of course, NBA insider for ESPN and the Hoop Collective podcast. Here's what Wendy had to say about Sean Marks and the Nets. We're in the unpredictability zone here. I apologize for saying this because I don't think he's a bad person. Sean Marks has no credibility. What he says, especially in regards to Kyrie Irving, has no credibility. The Brooklyn Nets and the way they've handled Kyrie for the last couple of years have no credibility. So what they say and what they end up doing are not connected. So I don't honestly care what he says, um, and I don't know what's going to happen. The track record is that ultimately Kyrie gets what he wants, and he does face some sanctions, but ultimately is brought back in and allowed to do whatever he wants. He's been allowed to do whatever he wants for years. Don't see that changing anytime soon. And even above Sean Marks, Chris, where's Josiah in this? Josiah has disappeared. Well, Josiah was out in front of it as soon as it happened. As soon as Kyrie retweeted the material. So, like, I I mean, Josiah has done more than an owner should have to when dealing with a scandal of this nature. This should be on team personnel, the general manager, to manage it. Uh, and he's done a poor job of it. So much when so they that haven't the head coach... done that, when do you step in and do something? Because his statement lacked teeth. It didn't even mention, you know, really all of what should have been done. Well, I'll say this. I'll give the Nets credit for eventually getting to the point where they're forcing Kyrie Irving to face the media because I thought, you know, canceling his media sessions only served to continue to coddle him and insulate him where he should be out in the forefront having to answer questions about the purpose of him retweeting the movie and why he wanted to push the material on his platform. I thought that was appropriate. The Nets took the scenic route to get there, but they finally got there, and then as a result of what he had to say and what he didn't say, they landed on suspending him. So I, I will give them credit for that, but I don't think it has a lot of teeth, Carlin, because of the track record, because of what Brian Windhorst alluded to, which is that Kyrie Irving has been allowed to walk all over this organization. And a part of his leverage is his talent, because I do think he's a top 10 player in this league, but also included as a part of his leverage is his close personal relationship with Kevin Durant. So where do, where do the Nets go from here, Canty? Like, what are they supposed to do with Kyrie at this point? Well, you can ask me what are they supposed to do. 
And uh, what are, well, we can know ask what me they're what going we, what to do, we think and that's they're going eventually to have him back on the court. Yeah, I mean, what they should do is wave Kyrie. If you want to make a statement you shouldn't play about them the again. organization's principles, morals, and values, then you wave Kyrie. Yeah. The, the hell with the potential of the team, the hell with what we gave up to try to make this work. We're going to cut our losses. We're going to wave Kyrie Irving. And if somebody else wants to sign him and think that they can get him to be a part of a championship contender, God bless. But we're not going to do that. But they won't go that route, Carlin. And you heard Sean Marks. We never even considered it. Okay? Never Listen, even considered it. It's not just Sean Marks. That's owner Josiah in that too. Yep. They never even considered it. So if you're Kyrie, why would you be afraid of the organization? You shouldn't be. You already know that there's no recourse if you continue to create crisis that they have to answer for. Chris, it wasn't just what he said yesterday. It was the tone with which he said it. There was absolutely an insolence to what Kyrie was saying yesterday. Well, Carlin, here's the thing. We got to get past that. You know why? Because he's not sorry. He's not going to apologize and show the level of contrition that other folks want him to. And he's going to do things on his terms. The media gave him every opportunity to apologize, and he wouldn't do it. But he decided to do it on his own channels. He's not going to march to the beat of anybody else's drum. He's going to do things his way, and if it offends people, that's 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 a them problem. That That's how Kyrie looks at it. And so I'm not expecting that we're going to see a high level of contrition. They're going to follow the steps that they've kind of outlined in order for Kyrie to rejoin the team. But ultimately, the potential of what Kyrie and KD can be with this supporting cast is going to win the day when it comes to Kyrie's basketball future with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I'm sure that counseling is going to do a whole lot of work to change the situation for Kyrie. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Hurts backs up, looking, still looking. He is firing, and it is a touchdown, A.J. Brown. Hurts made it look easy. A.J. Brown did the escape act, was wide open, and Hurts merely lobbed them the football. Canty, that's the great Merrill Reese on WIP in Philadelphia. And I have to tell you, even though it is the Houston Texans, even though... It is a game that we all banked on, the Philadelphia Eagles winning. When they were not playing their best, their quarterback was at a level of confidence and comfort that delivered the moment. And this is why I have an immense amount of belief, frankly, in the Philadelphia Eagles right now and their ability to go undefeated this season. Hey, listen, man, for those of you that didn't watch that game last night, hey, Jalen Hurts showed us even more than what we've seen through the first eight weeks of the season because this dude is big time, Carlin. I mean, it was clear from the opening kick that the Philadelphia Eagles weren't ready to play. That, that's yep. how you end up in a tie ball game midways through the third quarter when you have an undefeated team going up against a one-win team. 
I mean, Damian Pierce, the running back for the Texans, had his way. Carlin, I swear there was a drive where they handed the ball to Damian Pierce eight straight times, and there was nothing that the Philadelphia Eagles could do, do about it. There was nothing. Now, Fletcher Cox being banged up, Jordan Davis being unavailable might have had something to do with that, but it was clear, like, this was a game where the Eagles felt like they could roll their helmet out there and win it, and they found themselves in a dogfight in the second half. But the one thing that was noticeable to me was Jalen Hurts' poise. This dude was just calm. He wasn't frazzled. And when it was time to make plays, Carlin, he stepped up and he made plays. He was outstanding on third down, a perfect three for three for 48 yards. And, Carlin, maybe the most impressive drive that Jalen Hurts had didn't even result in points. It was a drive right before halftime. And Mm. you're talking about them getting the ball, Carlin, They got the ball with 29 seconds to go in the half on their own 25, and Jalen Hurts positions them with a big-time throw to Dallas Goddard on a seven route and then a quarterback scramble in order to set up a 54-yard field goal for Jake Elliott. Now, Jake Elliott pushed it wide right, but just the poise to operate the two-minute drill and to give their, their team an opportunity for points right before the half, that showed me something. It's impressive to see how this guy has grown as a quarterback, but even more so as a leader. And I think that's the that's the traits that you look for in a championship contender. Do you have a quarterback that can grab the team by the throat when they're not playing their best and make winning plays? And Jalen Hurts showed that he could do that last night. You ever see the movie Cinderella Man? Yes. Great movie. And yeah. there is a moment in that movie when Russell Crowe uh, is playing James Braddock, and he is in the ring, and he gets hit, and he gets hit, and he gets knocked down, and he gets back up, and he kind of smiles because he realizes that everything he has been through is just everything that has prepared him for the moment. And this, comparatively speaking, is nothing. Look at the history of Jalen Hurts in college. Jalen Hurts got benched in a national championship game. Mm. There was a period during which Nick Saban did not want Jalen Hurts to throw the football when he was at Alabama. Then, later in his career, he comes back and he replaces the quarterback at halftime of a college football playoff game. Canty, Jalen Hurts has been through all of this before, and I think that he is showing how uniquely prepared and qualified he is to be a star in this league, and more importantly, to be an incredible leader of men with a football team. That's what I'm seeing right now. It may not be he's going to go out there and throw for 400 and rush for 100. He may not be as electric as Lamar Jackson is going to be. But we spoke about this this morning in our pre-show meeting. Give me the undoubted list of quarterbacks that you want to go and win a game for you ahead of Jalen Hurts right now. That list is pretty damn short. This guy is a tremendous player and pulled his team out of a situation where they're not as interested in playing and woke them up individually. To me, that was as impressive as it gets. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What should the Nets do 
with Kyrie Irving? That is the question to you on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. We will get to your calls in just moments. Our next guest will tell us which NFL team will regret the most not making a move at the trade deadline. Oh, we are just getting started. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Your turn, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let us hear from you on the Kyrie situation. What should the Nets do with him? What should the league do with him? Here is John in Pennsylvania up first on ESPN Radio. John, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, good afternoon. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, 
you know, Deshaun Watson got 11 17ths of a season taken away for hurting 26 women. What Kyrie Irving has done is hurt millions. Because all of us that have relatives that have been through this are forced to, to relive the memories that we've just been hurt. I mean, just, 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 just that pain. And to relive the pain of knowing that, that there are people in this country that want to kill us just because of how we were born. I would take him, forget about these leaders, put him in a plane on the way to Krakow sitting in coach so he knows what it was like for my ancestors to be shoved in the boxcars. Make him look at the, at the, at the shoes of, of the dead people. Of, make him look at the teeth that were ripped out of their mouths in, in, in Auschwitz. Make him understand the pain that six million of my people went through when they died just because of the way they were born. Now, when he goes through that and understands the pain of my people, when he has to see films of emaciated dead people who were just killed because they were born Jewish, then maybe I would consider letting that man back in the league. But for the time being, I would never let him touch a court again because the hatred he spewed has only encouraged the death of millions. John, I understand being upset. I definitely understand your perspective on it because it's – Incredibly personal to a lot of people, and understandably so. The the bottom line about this is there is just absolutely no understanding on his part of what exactly he was doing and saying. And, And Chris, I do think we have people now that are looking for enlightenment and are looking for more explanations of things and are looking to understand Uh, whether it's where they come from or whatever, that can get caught up into things that are just falsehoods and not understanding the damage they do when they promote some of those some of those movies, whatever they are, in this case a documentary. Yeah, it's willful ignorance is what we're talking about. Exactly right. It's willful ignorance. Now, here's what I will say. While I do appreciate John's passion, we got to start with the false equivalents. Deshaun Watson didn't need to be brought into this conversation. What Kyrie did was egregious enough. Deshaun Watson, we're talking about sexual misconduct against dozens of women. That is direct and that is physical. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that those two are the same. It feels like apples and wrenches with that. So let's set that off to the side. What Kyrie Irving did was egregious. And there's nobody that's debating that, that's disputing that. What I'm simply saying is to ask Kyrie Irving to feel a level of remorse or a level of contrition that he clearly is not willing to express, I, I just I, – I, I'm – I'm one of those people that is just a realist, Carlin. We're not going to get that. Yeah, He's had every opportunity to do it over the course of the last week. And we've chosen not to. We've tried to push it on him. He's chosen not to, to the point where the Brooklyn Nets could no longer ignore it, and they had to take him off the court, knowing that that's not something that they wanted to do in the first place. The owner tried to calm things down. The general manager said we're not going to make him available to the media to try to protect him and insulate him. And yet... To your credit, you called this. This did not go away. It kept getting amplified to the point where the Brooklyn Nets were forced to do something that they clearly didn't want to do. And so looking at the situation now after hearing Sean Marks' comments and him saying that we never once considered waiving him, why would we expect Kyrie Irving to pivot and do a 180 on his extremist beliefs? I I just don't expect that. And if we're going to sit here and wait on that, I just think we're all kidding ourselves. We hope that he educates himself. We hope 
that he continues to try to learn. And so he's not ignorant to the pain that he's causing a lot of other people. But, Carlin, I I just think Kyrie is going to do what Kyrie wants to do, and the organization has enabled him to act this way over the course of the last four years. Yeah, and until there are some actual consequences for his actions, nothing's going to change. Here's Walter in Pennsylvania. Walter, you're next on ESPN Radio. What do you got? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for for taking the call. Um, Love the show. If I'm Joe Psy, I can't associate myself with a person like that who is, um, Chris used a great word, willfully ignorant. So he's had multiple opportunities to walk this back and has chosen to be obstinate, has chosen not to do it. He's got to go. If you're Sean Marks, you've probably got to sit Kyrie down and just say, look, this is about your legacy. Right now, you're a guy whose claim to fame is winning a championship alongside LeBron. You have nothing else. And if he cares about his basketball legacy, then maybe you can get him to dial in. But unfortunately, if you're Marks, you're in too deep. You can't fire him because you're the next one to go. Because this, this grand experiment, this team that you've helped assemble, has not, has not won at the scale that they needed to. It's interesting that you brought that up, Walter, because I don't think this impacts Kyrie's basketball legacy as much as it impacts KD's. I mean, Kyrie is a top 75 player. He's a champion, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I I don't know that this situation is going to change his basketball epithet. I I just don't see it that way. Now, the stink of the entire situation is going to wear on not only him, it's also going to wear on Kevin Durant. And like I said before, Carlin, this guy, this relationship that he has with KD is what gives Kyrie a little bit of leverage and emboldens him to do some of the things that we've seen him do since he's been in the Nets jersey. We are going to get into the KD part of this in a little while because that is a fascinating part of this whole situation. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, though, Was there a golden opportunity missed this week for one of the NFC teams to make a statement? We discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Carlin? 
there's truly only one thing that I can possibly root for with the Astros, and that's Dusty Baker, because I've always liked him a lot. I think he's a great baseball guy. But other than that, this is painful to watch the Astros continue to win this series. And look, it's headed that way. The Phillies are not going to go win two in Houston. And Kenty, I mean, if you had Jeremy Pena as the guy, God bless you. Because there's no way I think any of us saw this coming for somebody that was going to come into the postseason and hit 320 and deliver four home runs, clutch ones at that, and be just let people forget about Carlos Correa. No, you're right about that. And, I mean, Pena, not only with his bat, but with his glove last night, I mean, there was a rocket that was hit by Nick Castellanos that he was able to pick from his shortstop spot, Carlin. And from the Astros' perspective, going from Carlos Correa to Jeremy Pena, a rookie who's a gold glove shortstop, it's just unfair. It's like jumping out of a Lamborghini and jumping into a Ferrari. It's, it, it's incredible how this Astros front office has been able to reload this team and keep them you know, competing at a championship level. But, yeah, last night there were so many missed opportunities by that Phillies lineup, man. I, I'm just talking about the situation with Reese Hoskins, and he's got bases loaded in the second inning. He ends up striking out, and it was a terrible at-bat. But, I mean, there were so many different opportunities – where they've got guys in scoring position where they couldn't come through. Carlin, last night, the Phillies left 12 guys on the bags, and they are one of seven in runners in scoring position. You're not going to beat the Astros in that type of situation. You're not going to – they're not going to let you force them into a situation where they've got to win two straight at home. The Astros have a championship pedigree, and they realized how important that game was, and it felt like the Phillies missed – a golden opportunity. Not even Meek Mill coming out performing dreams and nightmares <laughs> could get them prepared for what they were experiencing last night, especially with Justin Verlander. Shout out to him for getting his first win in a World Series start. You know, it's funny. I'm watching that in the ninth inning last night, and Bryce Harper gets hit in the foot, and I'm thinking, uh, well, that was it. You know, like I like to me, I'm always I, I'd rather have Harper not get on because I don't trust Cassianos in that spot. I, I thought that, that Harper having a chance to swing the bat was their opportunity against Presley and putting him, and just accidentally putting him on in that spot ended up working out well for them. Carlin, the one that they missed was Castellanos when he was at bat in the fifth inning and he yeah. hit that ball foul. That was the one that they needed to come through because he had a chance to drive in Bryce Harper and tie the game up. Opportunity was there this week, but wasn't missed. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. It's easy to, easy to bundle your home and car insurance at Progressive.com. Also on Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course, on your smart speaker right now, we welcome in ESPN NFL insider Jeremy Fowler, who joins us. And Jeremy, we had the trade deadline passed this week, so let's look back for a moment to that on Tuesday, who was the team that will most regret not making a move at the deadline? Well, I think it's got to be the Packers, Chris. Uh, You know, this is a team that is reeling on offense. Um, You know, they have a collection of parts that they like and that have value, but it's not translating yet. Uh, Maybe it will click second half of the year, but, you know, there was a – they were in a tough spot, admittedly, because Chase Claypool was – one of the receivers they wanted, uh, 
they would have had to jump the Bears somehow, which probably meant they would have had to give up a first-round pick, which they didn't want to do. And I, I don't necessarily blame them for that. Uh, but at the same time, if you have a key player you want to go get, you should probably just go get him. Um, you know, especially after all this time. And uh, there are other reasons why the Packers aren't very good. It's not as simple as wide receiver. You know, they've had offensive line issues. Defense hasn't been as good, all those things. But it just seemed like the time was right to go get some help in some capacity. Jeremy, the Dallas Cowboys are on a bye week, but we are an ESPN radio show that has to meet their quota and <laughs> talking about the Cowboys. So let me go ahead and front you this question. With the Cowboys staying pat at the trade deadline, it feels like they're a team that's on the short list of NFC title contenders. What would you point out as their biggest weakness going into the second half of this season? Ooh, so biggest weakness, I would say, looking here, I mean, we we talk about receiver help. Maybe they could have gone and got some extra help, but I still like the Michael Gallup, uh, Noah Brown set up as their number two. Um for them, it's not necessarily a glaring weakness because the defense has proven to be, uh, if not a lead every week, then pretty close to it. And uh, you know the way the offense is moving the ball right now, I, I don't know. I don't see – there's not a clear-cut weakness right now other than you know the offensive line that could use more depth. And there's still some questions there whether they can keep it up. You know, Jason Peters has been really solid for them, but he's, you know, he's 40 years old. Can he hold up for the rest of the year? Um, so it may be offensive line, you know, but uh, like really – uh, after the slow start, they've been solid. I mean, I, talk, I was talking to some coaches this week. And they were saying, as far as the NFC, uh, you know, the best teams are in the NFC East right now, mm. at least for what's playing on paper, on the film. Philly and Dallas have been, in some ways, in another class. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL Insider, joining Canty and Carlin. Tredavious White back for the Bills. Jeremy, is there is there any reason to believe that the Bills are not just going to extend and run away with the AFC East at this point? Well, I, yeah, I think – I mean, I, I'm looking at their schedule. There's, there really isn't an, uh, a clear-cut loss, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You could see it even in training camp when I, when I visited them that they, they've been through – some of those years where they were getting really good, but we're still figuring out the insecurity of it all. How good are we? And now they just know they're good. Um, and they can withstand some injuries. They've shown it. And, you know, now they add Naheem Hines in the backfield, who isn't like a complete game changer to that offense. They're fine without him, but it's just another weapon. Um, I still think they could have used more of like a three down back. You know, I think they, they, they love the idea of Christian McCaffrey, but didn't want to pay the price draft capital wise. Um, somebody would be like that really would have put them over the top, um, you know. But otherwise, it's just going to be a matter of the, the defense holding up as it has. But they seem to get better and better, and they have the pass rush now to do it. So yeah, I, I don't sure sure they'll have one or two clunkers. I'm guessing uh, in, in the schedule, but yeah, they're they're set up. It would be shocking if even even the Patriots are just just push them uh, by week 15 for seeding in the AFC East. Jeremy, last week the Indianapolis Colts made the decision to switch over from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger at quarterback. It feels like this is an organization that's growing increasingly impatient with the head coach and the general manager. Where are we with the job security of Frank Reich and Chris Ballard? Well, there have been no determinations yet. Um, as of now, Frank Reich does appear to be safe, but it's a long season, and it some of these decisions, um, even though they were made with GM Chris Ballard and head coach Frank Reich involved, um, you know, it, it does feel like owner Jim Irsay ha- has gotten 
involved in that conversation too and could be driving some of this because, look, he's, he's an aggressive owner. He's been around a long time. He's seen a lot of football, uh, and he expected more. So they're all kind of scrambling to figure all this out. Um, you know, the, the Marcus Brady firing of the OC was a little curious because he doesn't call the plays. Um, but I think that the Colts are just trying to spark things right now and, and do whatever it takes to, to get that going. They, you know, they weren't really selling off a bunch of pieces at the trade deadline because, uh, as it was told to me, they still feel like they're in it. They're 3-4-1. They're not 1-7. and seven. They feel like they've come back from worse. In fact, last year they did come back from worse. Uh, sitting at, I believe, two and five, and still got in position to make the playoffs in the last week of the season. So, um, but they're they're really uh, befuddled by the offensive line play. Like they they thought that it was going to be much better than it has been, and they're, they've been trying to figure that out all year. Jeremy brings it as he does each and every time. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL Insider. I don't see how Jim Ursay can continue to have Frank Reich be the head coach and Chris Ballard running the team, Chris, when that has been an abject mess here for the last couple of years. I get it. They didn't expect Andrew Luck to walk away. Mm-hmm. But they went with a couple of those options that were all Ballard and all Reich, and none of them worked here. None of them worked. Carlin, the craziest part is we thought they were going to get more competent quarterback play with Matt Ryan stepping in as opposed to what they had last year in Carson Wentz. Competence is not a word that comes to mind. No offense No, to it's Matt. not. And I, I, if I was being honest, coming into this season, if you were to ask me what was the strength of the Indianapolis Colts, I would have said their offense. They've got an offensive-minded head coach. They've got an offensive line that was supposed to be one of the best in football. And they had an MVP-caliber running back. I would have said the Colts – would be led by their offense, but that's not the case. No. I mean, even though they lost defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, that's still a top 10 defense in points and yards. So it's clear that Frank Reich is not upholding his end of the bargain, and I guess they decided to shoot a hostage in firing offensive coordinator Marcus Brady because, as Jeremy Fowler pointed out, he doesn't call the plays. (laughs) So it just feels like this is a situation now where the owner is growing impatient because they have not been able to solve the riddle of who's going to be our long-term quarterback after Andrew Luck. And, Chris, let's also call it what it is. Jonathan Taylor's had an awful year. He's out again Sunday. I mean, he's... he's well, how good behind. of a year is the running back going to have if the offensive line isn't good? No, I understand, but he, he hasn't been healthy either. He's had a, one 100-yard game this year. You know when that came? Back in week one. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.